What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We'll have the latest on the third vote to elect a uh, Speaker of the House coming up in just a few minutes. That is uh, beginning even as we speak. Uh, Of course, we'll have more on what I believe is the makings of World War III and how to prepare mentally for it. Uh, The horrific anti-Semitism that is rearing its ugly, ugly head all over the world. Uh, We've got a dear friend and one of the, I think, one of the greatest guys uh, of our age. Gad Sad is going to be joining us to talk about that in a second. And uh, just a personal note, I have to tell you, I'm up here at the uh, at the ranch and we're doing a lot of work uh, up here. And I walked into the house and a bunch of the guys were there and they were having a meeting. And as I walked into the house, they were saying a prayer before their morning meeting. And what a blessing it is to be around men who are not afraid to be who they are and who start their day and start their job with prayer. My highly recommended, give it a whirl. We're gonna go with Gad Sad here in just a second, stand by. First, our uh, sponsor is Preborn. It's called the fight for life for a reason. By the way, did you see what happened in Canada? They, they just uh, dismissed a bill Uh, Gad might know more about this. They just dismissed a bill that would have prevented the Canadians from liquidating the mentally incompetent, the uh, people that have psychiatric problems. But no, 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 Justin Trudeau, we got to get these people off the books. Stand for life. Stand for life in all cases. Uh, especially innocent life. Standing at the forefront of this movement towards a better tomorrow and for the unborn is the Ministry of Preborn, and they need your help. If you would donate $28 to Preborn, you'll offer a free ultrasound to an expectant mother caught in a crisis. And once she hears that heartbeat and she sees that precious life, her baby's chance at life doubles. Preborn also continues to help provide critical support for that mom and the baby for an additional two years. They care about not just the life of the baby, but also the life of the mother. And they strengthen that as much as they can. Be a part of this great, great work. Go to preborn.com slash Beck. That's preborn.com slash Beck. Sponsored by Preborn. My good friend, Dr. Gadsad. How are you, sir? Oh, so good to be with you. Thank you. Although I wish I wasn't uh, joining you under such dire circumstances. I know. I've been I've been thinking about you um, and 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 I have to tell you, Gad, maybe you can maybe you can describe it. I've asked this of several people, several of my friends, because I don't think I don't think anybody can really understand. And I know I don't. What does it feel like to be Jewish today with the history that you grew up knowing about? And the warnings, and now you're seeing it in your country, in my country, all over the world, the same kind of horrid talk about the Jews. What does that feel like? 
Well, it's disheartening, right? Because as you said, I escaped it in the 70s. We are Lebanese Jews who grew up in Lebanon, where in the Middle East, the entire world, their world is fueled by Jew hatred. Everything is due to the diabolical Jew. And to now see that exact reality being openly condoned in the West uh, is, of course, terrifying, but it's not surprising because demography is destiny. If you allow people from cultures where, according to nonpartisan surveys, there is 95 to 99 percent Jew hatred in those societies, it doesn't take a fancy professor to know that eventually down the line you're going to have, you know, institutionalized, open Jew hatred in the West. And that's exactly what we're seeing. So help me out, because I know you're you're much smarter than I am. How do we solve the problem for let me i just i'm going to say some controversial things and i don't want to get the taint on you so this is me but um we don't we didn't hate the german people okay i don't hate the palestinian people um uh i I have i have known palestinian people i i uh i have some palestinian uh descent that work for me and they're wonderful um however when you're talking about the middle east just those in Gaza, uh, a study that was taken about 10 years ago showed that 20 or how much was it? 23 or 21 percent of the Palestinians in Gaza believed that it was OK to kill Americans uh, um, on the street in terrorist activities. Now, if that's the way they feel about Americans, uh, you know, that number is a lot higher for Jews. And we went into Germany to stop the Nazis, not the Germans, to stop the Nazis. But we did kill all of the Germans, uh, and we should have killed more of them, that were Nazis uh, and were perpetrating these things. Until the people in Germany said, okay, we don't want to be a part of this ideology at all. Isn't this the same thing? We have to go in and kill those who are either silent uh, and just don't want to be involved, but they're they are involved in their silence, or they're actually involved in condone it. Right. Well, look. Yesterday, I put out a tweet where I said the most dangerous force in nature uh, are human minds, because uh, you know that, that it's it's ideologies that that then fuel horrible historical realities. Let me put put it for you in context. And when I was five years old, the pre- the Egyptian president passed away. His name is was Gamal Abdel Nasser. And as often happens in the Middle East, people take off, take onto the street and they start protesting. And as I remember right downstairs from my home, people were screaming, death to Jews, death to Jews. What did the Jews have to do with a palace, with a Egyptian president passing away of natural causes, but that's what happened mm-hmm. in the Middle East. Let me give you two more quick stories. When I was in grade, uh, I think it was three or four in Lebanon, uh, the teacher asked people to get up and tell us what they want to be when they grow up. So this guy gets up, I want to be a policeman, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a soccer player. And a friend of mine with whom I used to play got up and said, when I grow up, I want to be a Jew killer to rapturous laughter and clapping. One more story. When we finally left Lebanon and the airplane pilot said that we were now officially out of Lebanese airspace, my mother put a Star of David 
David around my neck and said, now you can wear this proudly and no longer have to hide your identity. Now, this was in progressive, tolerant Lebanon. So again, the, 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 what we need to do is not so much kill other people, but to kill the hate that's in their heart and in their mind. If you're a child and you're taught from age zero that the Jews are the cause of every possible malady and ill in the world, then it's not surprising that they grow up to be Jew haters. So change people's minds and hearts, and hopefully we can have a better future. How do we do that? How do we do that? Well, we do that by not being tolerant to such dreadful and hateful ideologies, right? And th- th- that was really the point of my previous book, The Parasitic Mind, where I talked about a bunch of parasitic ideas that are infecting the West. So take, for example, cultural relativism, which is an idea pathogen. Cultural relativism basically says, hey, who are we to judge the noble values of the other culture? As a matter of fact, all other cultures are better than ours. We are patriarchal and we're sexist and we're Islamophobic and we're transphobic. So how dare we judge other cultures who may have really nasty views on the Jews or on gays? That would be cultural imperialism. No, there are deontological universal principles. It's not okay to hate other people because of their identity. And if we agree to that, then we shouldn't offer any leeway to the nonsense, for example, that's promulgated on every university campus in the West. Right. That's that, again, is allowed under the guise of cultural relativism. So it's a very, very long war. Yes, we can go into Gaza now and try to root out Hamas, but that's a small drop in the bucket. The bigger issue is a civilizational one. Do you want to tolerate ideologies that are mm-hmm. complete death cults? If yes, then keep go- keep doing what you're doing. If not, let's fight back. I mean, you have the death cult, and it's not Palestinian or Hamas. You have the death cult in Canada growing and growing and growing. When you will say that a teenager who is depressed uh, can get end-of-life drugs from a doctor, and they can end their own life, helping them with suicide— that's a death cult, man. That is a death cult. That, that's not somebody who has a terminal illness. Um, and even then, I'm sketchy on that. But I mean, it's you're up, you know, I think it's up to you. But uh, not when it comes to the handicap, not when it comes to um, uh, people who don't have a good quality of life. You, it's a death cult. And it, it, it this is. ideology always comes up when marxism is on the rise it's always anti-semitism and death always always and and by the way speaking about you know death cults right now from 10 o'clock in the morning to to noon i'm supposed to be in a university departmental meeting you know why i'm not there and i'm speaking to you other than of course it's always a pleasure to speak to you it's because there are security (laughs) concerns that are looming over me. So imagine a 20, in the 21st century, in Quebec, Canada, a professor does not go to a departmental meeting because of these kinds of realities. So what do you think will happen in 10 years from now, in 20 years from now, in 30 years from now? So it is incredible that that which I escaped from the Middle East in the mid-70s has come back to haunt me 45 years later. It's tragic. 
Um, by the way, um, Gad, I so appreciate your historic look at everything that is going on in the Middle East and has come out of the Middle East. If you would just take a couple of minutes and just explain who Yusuf al Karadawi uh, was. Oh, yes. So Yusuf al Karadawi was the head Sunni cleric. I mean, he would be considered, you know, you don't have a position like the Pope, but he would be considered right. the top islamic theologian in the sunni world which is the predominant sect of islam right there's also shia there's a few others but by far the greatest uh you know most populous sect of islam is sunni islam he was at al-azhar university which is the predominant university of islamic studies in egypt and if you just go and read some of his uh quotes on the jews it would simply baffle you. You could not believe it. But then as I explained in the parasitic mind, all sorts of Western imbeciles will come and say, yes, but Yusuf al-Karadawi does not represent true Islam. Oh, okay, let me get this straight. So the guy who is by definition the most knowledgeable about Islam, he's the top Islamic cleric, is misinterpreting Islam, but your friend Ahmad, who eats pork, drinks alcohol and is gay he's the true representation of islam but that's the problem glenn is that there's nothing more dangerous than parasitized minds that's why i lend my voice to this look i i already lead a very stressful life as a professor i could just sit back quietly and live my nice quiet life the reason why i lend my voice is because i know what's coming down in the final station of the train and it's not pretty so if pe if good people the people who are listening to your show today don't decide to get up and participate in the culture war we will have a repeat of beirut it might take 40 50 100 years but it is coming for you you can't hide from it dr gad said i love you man i pray for you Likewise. and uh, i uh I just love you and uh, appreciate everything you're doing. God bless you. Right, bye. Talk That's again soon. Thank so. you so much, Glenn. Cheers. Take care. Bye. Bye. By the way, he says, um, if you would know any of the quotes, let me just give you one. Throughout history, this is the chief cleric. And by the way, in Qatar. So Qatar is the home of, um, of uh, Al Jazeera. Qatar is the one that is funding, along with Iran, a lot of this extremist terrorist stuff. And we are, quote, friends with Qatar. We should not be friends with Qatar. This is the chief cleric. Throughout history, Allah has imposed upon the Jews people who would punish them for their corruption. The last punishment was carried out by Hitler by means of all the things he did to them. Even though they exaggerated this issue, he managed them to put them in their place. This was a divine punishment for them. Allah willing, the next time will be at the hands of the believers. There is good and evil. And what Gad said about if you do nothing, we are going to repeat all of the mistakes of the past. This is the time of choosing right now. And if you don't choose, actively choose, not just in your head and going, you know what? Uh, yeah, I'm for the juice. I mean, actually researching it, thinking it out, 
making this a cornerstone of your life, that you are pro-life, you know who uh, the good guys are and the bad guys, that doesn't mean that Israel can do no wrong. It doesn't mean the United States can do no wrong. As you've seen, we've done a lot of wrong. But we choose life. And the minute our country starts to choose death like Canada is right now, and quite honestly, we are beginning. We're no longer on the right side. And that's when your second citizenship, your citizenship to the United States, is worthless. Is worthless. If it makes you violate the principles of choosing life, choosing good over evil, you are a, a citizen of a divine kingdom, and you have to make that choice now. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Not to speak is to speak. Not to stand is to stand. God will not hold us blameless. Our sponsor this half hour is Mantis X. Uh, you're an army of one. When it comes to protecting your home and your family, you are the person you count on to make sure that they're safe. This nonsense of first responders, that's a Jimmy Carter thing. It's a Jimmy Carter thing. We never had first. Re you were the first responder, and I got news for you. You still are the first responder. You have to make sure your family is safe and well-fed and all of that. So if you have a gun, you need to practice. But to get that experience and, and keep it up, I mean, it gets expensive after a while. And, I, and when I mean a while, I mean like six rounds. That's why you should consider getting the Mantis X. I'd like to invite you to try this. It's a high-tech, easy-to-use system used widely by the military, and it helps you improve your shooting quickly. You attach it to your firearm and then connect it with an app on your smartphone or your tablet via YouTube or uh, Bluetooth. Then, whenever you're firing an actual round or you're just dry firing, you get instant feedback on what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong and how to correct the technique instantly. You can see it on the video. It's amazing. 94% of the shooters improve within 20 minutes of using Mantis X. Start improving today. Get yours at MantisX.com. MantisX.com. Do it now. 10 seconds, station ID. Mm. So uh, today on the podcast, I have uh, Walter Kern. Walter Kern is truly an amazing, amazing guy. He is. Um, I, I don't I, I don't I don't know how I would even begin to ex explain who he is. He is an incredible writer. Um, he is a, a, an intellectual elite but he's not an intellectual elite i mean he went to princeton and and oxford but he lives in the uh, center of the country and he's one of the biggest defenders i mean he hates the way you know small town america and red america is just known as hicks he hates it because he knows the truth it's not uh and i talked to him uh yesterday had a fascinating conversation with him uh and i'm gonna play uh something here in a minute and then we'll we'll talk about it he says a clamp down is coming and as i was walking out of the building yesterday because i had to catch a plane um we were walking out together and he said glenn i am so concerned about a 
a clampdown. And we talked about it. And I wish we would have spent more time on it in the podcast, but he touches on it. Um, and we both agree that it's not going to take a lot to lose freedom of speech, freedom of the press. Uh, it could just take a war to do that. And voices will disappear and won't be able to communicate. Uh, and we have to be prepared. It's why he says he's an optimist, because he's considered all these dark things and now he's prepared for it. And he's like, OK, I know I'm not going to be shocked by anything and I'll generally know how I'm going to handle things. More the on this coming up program. in a minute. Our sponsor this half hour is real estate agents I trust. Trust is not a word I throw around lightly. I, I hope you don't either. Um, I don't ever ask anybody to trust me. I ask you to do your own homework. Um, trust is too valuable of a thing. Um, and to me, when I was at the bottom uh, as an alcoholic, that is the only thing I wanted back because I realized that was the key to everything that I had lost. I had lost people's trust because I was an alcoholic and a profound liar. So when I say, hey, realestateagentsitrust.com, that's my company. And these are the real estate agents that my people have vetted. And I trust them because I trust my team. And I know many of these real estate agents. If you're looking for somebody who has best practices, listens to the show, has your same kind of sensibilities and a great track record, I want you to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. We'll find the right one for you in your area. realestateagentsitrust.com. And it's blazetv.com slash Glenn. Just use the promo code Glenn and save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Tonight on C-SPAN and C-SPAN 2, the New York Times calls it sleek, sexy, and wildly informative. The Washington Post says it's a whirlwind of accuracy. The Wall Street Journal calls it as exciting as the first time you researched the pros and cons of a given mutual fund. It's the premiere of C-SPAN's first television movie, Quorum Call, the HR 1277 story. The item was listed as a consent item on your agenda. Build as an incredibly <laughs> intricate telling of the classic passage of the Department of Energy Civilian Research and Development Act of 1997. Quorum Call is the true story of a ragtag group of U.S. representatives determined to fight for the passage of the Department of Energy Civilian Research and Development Act of 1997. Motion for oral argument is in order. Second. Quorum Call, tonight on C-SPAN, the cable industry's gift to America. <laughs> so wow, Quorum Call. We're in a Quorum Call right now, and uh, that's what's happening in the house, a Quorum Call. Not to be confused with the movie that everybody is talking about, Quorum Call. It comes out this weekend. Um, but uh, this one is even more exciting 
than HR 791 or whatever that was. Uh, this is this is just they're getting together for a quorum call, which is, hey, do we have a quorum? Mm. And if you don't know what a quorum is, well, I, I don't know. I think you dig for rocks in those places. And um, they they get together and they're like, hey, if we have a quorum, we can have fun things going on. If we don't have one, we can't do anything. And so they're they're having a quorum call right now. And uh, man, I wish we could listen in because it looks like fun. It is riveting, Glenn. And uh, this quorum call, of course, precedes the actual uh, big vote, which is for Jim Jordan to become a Speaker of the House. Now, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody's talking about that. Get back to quorum call <laughs> because they'll say, Mr. Bacon, and he'll say here. And then it just, it goes through all the bees, mm. and to make it more exciting, um, by making it more predictable, they do it in alphabetical order. It's really an exciting so, part of the process. Yeah, there's no twists and turns to it at all. <laughs> no, they and never, they're just finding out if are you in the room or not. They never start with like the mm. R's or the the J's or never. the P's. No, it it's would be just no. always A B C in order. Really exciting stuff. Yeah. Now, the actual vote yeah. is maybe um, not ha- has about as much intensity, and um, we don't know the outcome of what's going on about as much as the ABCs, because it does seem like Jim Jordan yeah. is not going to be elected Speaker of the House today. Um, he was now. Why told- do you say that? Because it was very hopeful, very hopeful yesterday. I I had to fly in. I, I gave a speech. Uh, yesterday, and I was flying in. I land. My text message is going crazy. Looks like one more time the Republicans, but this time McCarthy is serious. He's going to give a speech and tell everybody you got to vote for Jim Jordan. Well, so yeah, and then maybe what that, makes you yeah sure that maybe that'll work. Um, I mm-hmm. think it's highly unlikely, <laughs> uh, but it, you know, look, you hold out hope for a <laughs> wait, miracle. wait, 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 wait. We've already had quorum call. Can we, Sarah? Do we have the horn music? Because I think Stu explaining this serious, serious process. Uh, yeah, with that horn is going to make it even better. Go ahead, so Stu. We were told yesterday that Jim Jordan didn't want to have a vote on Patrick Big Patrick McHenry. <laughs> um, and then we heard the exact opposite. And then we heard that Jim mm. Jordan was going to go for a third vote. And then we were told he's not going to do that. And he... <laughs> and now we're back. And Jim Jordan yeah. is now going uh-huh. to go for a third vote. He held a press conference mm. this morning, which didn't seem to really accomplish anything specific. It was just uh, maybe an outline of what was going on. He mm-hmm. is mm. had a behind-the-scenes meeting. Can I read you a description of how optimistic you should uh, be about this vote? Oh, please do. Please With this do. music yeah. playing in the background? This is from yes, Jake Sherman, do. a reporter yeah. from Punchbowl. He said... A source describes yeah. the Jordan meeting with the holdouts. These are the holdout votes that don't want to vote for him uh, for House Speaker. It described it like this. A direct, precise meeting in which Jordan was told he will never be Speaker. This group doesn't want oh. anything. They want Jordan to understand that he will not be Speaker. So this is going pretty well. well I, I think we're... Uh, so good they, job, everybody. This is... So this so we're not wasting our time with this. No, right? don't try to bribe this, us with anything. I mean, don't, you will just never get this right. job. 
That is basically what they're telling him. Okay, now, that's good. Of, of course, yeah. I think he'd do very well as speaker, but again, it's not me you have to please. It's not Glenn you have to please. It's not, uh, you know, it's not anybody who cares about conservative values at all. It's a bunch of people who don't like Jim Jordan that you have to please. And it's hard to do that with the name Jim Jordan. And I think that's where we're going to wind up here uh, over the next uh, yeah. few days. Yeah, now I... Uh... I, I saw this in the Daily Caller today. Um, Gates, who has forced the motion to vacate the chair vote in early October that successfully removed uh, former Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, from office, has continued to face criticism from many House Republicans for going against the status quo. Yeah, that's the last thing we're doing is send somebody into Washington that would go against the status quo. You know what I mean? Hey, can we... We've got a quorum call coming up. They're exciting. Let's just wrap around that and just make sure everybody's there. And let's not upset the apple cart because this apple cart, it's doing gangbusters. Mm. We're selling apples like nobody's business. Just status quo, gang. Uh, many Republicans are, uh, who are voting for Jordan and also voted to remove McCarthy as speaker say they believe it could be seen as a win if Gates uh, uh, win for Gates if someone such as Jordan was elected. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. This is totally I've been told it, by this a good is real. No- what you're talking about is totally what's going on. They are pissed off at Gates for doing this in the first place, and they're not going to give him uh-huh. anybody he wants. And I mean, it is petty. It's pathetic. It is, but that is a hundred percent the dynamic at work here. And there's no way to get around it unless you find someone that Gates doesn't like, which is essentially what they're going to wind so, up having to do. So here it is. I've been told Ugh. by a good number of people that their objection isn't personal to Jim. It's that voting uh, for, in Jordan mm-hmm. is perceived to be rewarding Matt Gates and the rest of the eight. Oh. So, you know, when Stu says petty, it might not be um, it might be not be an accurate description. No? I think it might be more than just petty. Yeah. Well, childish. Childish. As well. Petty. And, and it's it's in, it is important to note that a lot of this is not directly about Jim Jordan. I mean, there are definitely members who don't like Jordan specifically, but it's more about this idea that. They like if you think about it from our perspective for a second, Glenn, we -hmm. would say don't toss your speaker unless you have a plan to improve the situation and at least have a plan to avoid catastrophic circumstances. Right. That's that would be the type of thing we've talked about for a while. So for us, the upside of this would be if someone like Jordan did get did, did become speaker, somebody who would improve the situation over McCarthy. That's the exact thing that the holdouts want to prevent. If. People like us think this is better, then it will all be seen as worth it, and we will celebrate as if this was a good thing. They can't have that. (laughs) This is why this is so hard. They can't let that occur. We're in the death throes of the, the Republicans that, you know, most Americans despise. And, you know, they think that they they are so detached from reality they think that um you know in in uh purple states and purple districts that people would rather have a democrat than somebody who is going to be preaching common sense look we have to open up the oil fields again 
We have to build refineries. We are not going to be able to survive. We, if you want to uh, be the sugar daddy for the rest of the world, okay, but you're going to have to find that money someplace because people can't afford their house. They can't afford the um, interest. How many people have had their insurance go through the roof lately? How many? Everything is is going through the roof. I went in to buy a new suit the other day. I haven't bought a new suit and I don't know how long because I'm constantly gaining weight. <laughs> and so I've just been slipping into, you know, suits that I can just I can't even bring my arms down in because they'll just rip the sleeves right off. And, you know, I'm one of those guys. Uh, I've, I've been like, I know, you know, I'm going to buy a suit. I'm going to buy it in because I'm going to drop this weight. This time I went in and I'm like, can I get one three sizes too big, please? Um, but uh, I went in and. I buy this certain brand of suit. I've bought it forever. You know, believe it or not, it fits me. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's a nice suit. I bought a jacket. I thought it was a suit. I bought a jacket. I haven't bought a new suit in, I don't know, even know, five years, six years. The jacket was twice the price of what I would have paid for a suit five years ago. And I looked at him and I, he, he rang it up and I'm like, good Lord, what? <laughs> no, I think you've rung that up wrong. And he said, no. And I said, come on, man. I, I know what this What are you talking about? And he's like, this is the price. And I said, um, wow. Um, next time, could I get a cocktail before you stick your fingers in my eyes and just Press them all the way to the back of my skull. Everything is going through the roof. And do you really think that the average person who's not worried about buying a new suit, who is worried about putting food on the table and paying their rent and being able to have enough at the end of the month, do you really think that your elitist snobbery of, hey, we don't want to upset the apple cart. We just keep the status quo. Do you really think they're going to like that? Do you really think that we're, when we're roped into two wars, or let's just call it World War III, and things are really bad, and they're paying $10 a gallon for gasoline, and then you start taking their houses? Well, I don't know. Do you think that's going to work out well for you, Republicans? You are so misguided. So misguided. Um, they are just out of touch and the, the Republicans that, uh, like Jim Jordan, I know they're going to be called extremists, but I'm sorry if it's an extremist position, if you want to call me an extremist for saying gender matters, that men are men and women are women, you can call yourself whatever you want. But scientifically speaking, and this is important, that can never change. We don't play footsie with people who are conducting terrorist activities. We shouldn't send pallets of cash over to Hamas or to Iran. I don't want to fight the war for Israel. 
They're big boys. They've prepared for this since, oh, I don't know, 1948. They can fight their own battles. We'll stand and say, hey, they have a right to exist and they have a right to defend themselves. They start committing atrocities and they lose our support. But I'm not fighting a war for them. And I'm not sending any more money and I'm not sending any more uh, children into death for, for, for one of these wars where we don't even know. Again, I say to Matt Gates, have a plan. What's the plan in Ukraine? What, what is it? What is I need a goal. I need a. You know, it's like it's like going out into a, a football game where there is no end zone. It's just it's just numbers on the field and you can run you can run right, left, hell, you can you can run into the stands, but you gotta score. But there is no end zone. And so we don't really know how to score, how to even Tell when you've made a touchdown or when the game is over. No, not going to do it anymore. Not going to do it. You can't keep printing money and raising interest rates. It's insane. And if that makes me an extremist, so be it. When I say all men are created equal, I mean everybody. I don't care your race, your creed. Everybody gets the same opportunity and they pay the same price as punishment. Not Two sets of laws. If that makes me an extremist, Republicans, you should embrace extremism. Back in just a second. Let me tell you about our sexy, sexy sponsor. Man, I'm hoping it is not. Uh, it's Legacy Box. Good. All right. Good. Whew. I was thinking I was going to it was going to be about saving babies and then it would have been very uncomfortable. But now it's legacy box. Thank goodness. Memories exist to be preserved. We're the only creatures on the planet that are capable of deep, rational thought. Yeah, believe it or not, we have that capability. You haven't seen it in a while, but we human beings embrace memories and we try to preserve them at all costs. But that's hard to do. They fade over time. And not just the memories stored in our brains, but the ones on photographic paper or magnetic formats. Everything eventually fades away. This is why you should get the new Legacy Photo Box from Legacy Box. You can get VIP access to this new photo box and you can get all of your family photos professionally scanned for as low as seven cents. That's a 76% less price than what other brands charge. Legacy Box. They've preserved so much of my family history. They've done it all digitally. They, they do it here in America. Your pictures are safe. They send them right back to you along with a thumb drive or any kind of you know digital preservation that you might want. Legacy Box. Take advantage now of this exclusive offer on the new photo Legacy Box today. Preserve your pass for as low as seven cents. LegacyBox.com slash Beck. LegacyBox.com slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program.